Welcome back to XOXO Jess, where we dive deep into the world of greeting cards, the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, and the mindset tools needed to start creating the business of your dreams today. I'm Jessica Walker, your host here with another Wednesday episode. And this Wednesday, I am speaking with Janie Valencia, founder of The Card Bureau. The Card Bureau is a design company focused on greeting cards and novelty gifts that was founded in 2016 in Washington, D.C. They sell greeting cards, gift items, candles, all sorts of things that are inspired by politics, feminism, and current events. And I'm so excited to dive into this conversation and bring another chat with a card maker to you this week. So without further ado, welcome Janie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, so great to meet you. You too. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I've um, admired the Card Bureau forever, and I'm really excited <laughs> to ask you questions. Um, so I think let's just dive straight in and start with your background. Like, What got you into the greeting card world? Have you always been to art and design, or what kind of was that entry point for you? Um, oh, gosh. Well, it's nothing I ever expected to be doing. <laughs> um, I used to be a political journalist, and this just sort of started as a creative outlet. Um, at the time, uh, I used to buy a lot of greeting cards and, you know, I was going into stores and I'm like, ah, you know, I don't really like that many of these. Like I could probably make greeting cards that are, that are funnier and better. So, mm -hmm. and then I was like, well, why don't I? So I just did it. Um, I and, love <laughs> and it was nothing really serious. It was like, um, just, I figured, oh, maybe I'll make like some beer money doing it. And mm -hmm. um, just sold to a few local, like came up with some designs. I worked with someone who was a graphic designer at the time. Um, I also should note that I have no artistic skills myself. <laughs> I relate um, to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had a friend and I was like, hey, I have, you know, some ideas for making greeting cards. Do you want to make some with me? And she was like, that's weird, but okay. Um, and so we made like a you know, five cards and we pitched them to some local stores and they started carrying them and, um, you know, just sort of grew organically from there. That's so cool. I, I love that two things that are like a little bit different than a lot of people I've had on is you didn't start with like the the drawing, the art side, which is also how I am. I'm not an artist. And also you went straight to stockists, like to establishments as opposed to selling like retail online, which is so cool. And did you always have like a dream of being an entrepreneur in general, or was again, this kind of something you just fell into? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> it was something I fell into. Um, you know, I was covering the 2016 elections at that time. I was uh, working as a media pollster for uh, Huffington Post then. So cool. And um, I was a little burnt out from my job and just, I don't know, I needed something else to think about. I, and so some of the cards were like DC related, politics related. Um, so just like a fun segue into um, that. But yeah, nothing I'd ever really planned on. I, yeah, I, I, could do. I always say like so many people are accidental entrepreneurs and then you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> it's just yeah. like kind of happens. Well, um, I just, you know, after a while it, I was like, it was something that I was having fun doing. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, well, this could be like, you can have fun doing a job. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not always fun now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was like a lot of fun for me. 
I love that. And so then at what point, so you started in 2016 um, in just like around the local area in DC. At what point did you decide to kind of go for it and scale what you had and make it into what I'm assuming is now your your full-time job? <laughs> um, yes. Oh God. Well, it was probably like two years where I was like, I had like one foot in, one foot out. Um, after the 2016 elections, I actually did quit my job because I just uh, was a little burnt out and just, you know, wanted to d- think about doing something different. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't take the card business seriously at that point. It was just a shoebox of cards under my bed. Um, and so I was trying different things, um, went into consulting for a bit, then went into freelance writing. Um, so it was on and off for a couple of years like that. And then, um, until it like picked up enough momentum where I could securely do it full time. And then how did, what did that, that step look like? How did you then, did you reach out to more stockist? What created that momentum for you? Um, yeah, it was just, you know, I was going door, like door to door to stores that were in the area trying to pitch the cards. Um, I was, I mean, I was trying to devote my focus to it. And I should say those other jobs were kind of like more like side hustles (laughs) supporting me to keep doing this. Um, and eventually, um, we, you know, I went to like the national stationery show in 2018, um, did not know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, it all worked out. We got, um, we, at that point, I was only in 40 stores when I went to the National Stationery Store. And then we added another 40 stores at that. Um, And, you know, momentum just sort of starts building after a while. Um, Once you get into a few stores, then it's easier to keep getting into more. For sure. And I know a lot of people, I get asked, a lot about the National Stationery Show and what that experience is like. So it kind of like is an interesting stepping stone because you have to invest in yourself and like bet on yourself because it, it does cost money to go. And what made you decide to to just go for that experience? Um, you know, it just seems like the, an important step to take to sort of go to a trade show Um to be able to reach more stores. Uh, mm-hmm. At that time, it sounds crazy, but right like today we have a, a lot of platforms like Fair, Bulletin, Abound, yeah. I think is another one where you can just sign up and start selling wholesale online. But even in 2017, 2018, that didn't exist really, uh, or maybe it did, but nobody was really using it. So you had to go physically to trade shows to really broaden your reach in a sense to outside of like, we were only in the DC area at that point. So to reach stores outside of DC, other than cold calling, it was important to do something like this to just get the face to face contact. Definitely. And so what does that look like for you today? Now that you've scaled, do you still do those kinds of trade shows, stationary shows, um, are you, do you work like through fair or those other sites or is it just all internal momentum and contact at this point? Um, we still do the shows. I mean, except this year because of the pandemic, (laughs) (laughs) but we have continued to do the shows. Um, and you know, that first show is, I should, we picked, um, we got picked up by paper source and then I got a two or three independent sales reps that's picked up the line. So that helped, um, 
the business grow a bit. And we've continued to go to these shows because it's important to just connect with the retailers you already sell to. Um, a lot of stores sometimes will only buy like at shows. So mm-hmm. they they don't really pay attention year round sometimes, or they're not, they're only reordering from the people they already know. So yeah. um, it just helps to reconnect and like advertise that you're still around by going to these shows. Uh, and since then, yeah, we have started to rely more and more on these platforms. Um, you know, I think this year, especially stores have not been meeting with sales reps or anybody, like anybody, they haven't been going to shows. So they've been doing most of their buying online. Yes. And and that, yeah, I think that is probably something that's going to continue too. I mean, obviously there's so much benefit to having the face-to-face and like holding your cards in, in real life, but it's just, you can access so many people with this like new digital marketplace, which is really cool. Um, so I just like back to like kind of, I guess, infrastructure. So you at some point had to move from shoebox under your bed to something more. What has that oh, kind God. of journey looked like? <laughs> As I know so many people are interested, uh, like what if my, what if I get too big for my home office or like what, how does that work? What was that journey like for you? Oh my God. It's an ongoing journey. So <laughs> Um, yes, I lived in a group house in DC because DC is very expensive, mm-hmm. um, at that time. And so it started as the shoebox, took over my room a bit. I took over like the living room a bit. And so eventually I moved into an apartment by myself, um, with the greeting cards mm-hmm. and that slowly, um, progressed there. I actually have like a little progress video on our Instagram account that shows oh my gosh, I have to find that evolution, <laughs> um, And then, you know, it was like a bookshelf in my apartment. And within a year, I had to like get rid of all my furniture. And I was, I just, all I had was a bed surrounded by shelves in this like 600 square foot apartment. Um, (laughs) And then I went to a trade show um, that noted, um, which is run by the Greeting Card Association. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really helpful if you have a greeting card company to be involved with the Greeting Card Association, um, just sort of helps you be in the network of things. Um, And they run this trade show called Noted. So I'm at Noted and I'm neighbor, one of my neighbors there is chatting with me and they're like, uh, Ace Smite Co. was my neighbor, Mm -hmm. Amy and John Smite, their brother and sister card company. Um, and we were talking about the business and they were like, well, where do you keep all the cards? And I was like, my apartment. And they were like, oh no, don't do that. You can hire a logistics company to manage your inventory and warehouse it and ship out orders for you. Um, so I ended up doing that for a few months. Um, it wasn't the right fit for me. I think, uh, using a a 3PL warehousing company like that can be helpful for some businesses. Mm -hmm. For mine, it didn't, it wasn't a good fit because we were still growing really fast. And um, it was just, when you have control of your business yourself, like at home or in an office or yourself, you can sort of pivot and do a lot of things really quickly but if somebody else is managing it, everything just takes a lot more time to adjust. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and also at that point, we were selling a lot of cards um, online, just you know, single cards like through Etsy, through our website. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're 
that those kinds of orders are so small that it's harder to get those processed with a logistics company, or at least it was for us. Yeah. So then, so then what's the next step? What, what ended up being the right fit for you? So then I, um, rented an, I had to move out to Virginia, (laughs) um, from DC. So we're actually not in DC anymore. Um, and I got a office space, um, here out in Virginia, because it was just way cheaper than DC. Um, you know, and when you're selling greeting cards, you you need cheap square footage to be mm-hmm. able to warehouse that. Um, and then, um, so we, I've been operating out of that for a year. And now we're at this next phase where we're moving from a 900 square foot office space to a 4,800 square foot um, office and warehouse flex space that has a loading dock and everything. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So then in that space, are you, do you have printing machines there? Like, are you printing the cards there yourself or are you outsourcing them and packaging them in the warehouse? What does that look like? Um, we are outsourcing the printing and packaging at this point. And so we just receive the greeting cards and then, um, you know, manage orders from there. We do, so this year, I, I, when I started the year, I had like a limited number of candles that I was just like playing around with. We had like three candles. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to expand on that line uh, just because a lot of our stores shut down early in the year. Um, so we kind of had to pivot to doing more of our own online sales. Yeah. And it was just really hard to make enough money to support the business um, by selling like single $5 cards all the time. Mm-hmm. So I had these candles that had a higher price point, um, especially retail price point. So we just grew that out. Um, but with that comes a lot more work. Like we're manufacturing the candles um, ourselves. So the oh, candles wow. are a big reason why we needed to move into a bigger space. That's such, that's so cool. I just love how you just kind of have to follow, like <laughs> grow as the business grows. And I feel like, was that getting that first office space or getting your first warehouse? And now this ne- this next step too, is that exciting, scary? Is it like, what are, what are your thoughts around that? Oh God. Yeah. It's exciting. It's scary. Um, you know, it puts a lot of pressure as you grow it, you have more and more pressure to like support something that's even bigger, right? Like mm-hmm you have to bring in more revenue when it's just, when it's just you working on your own stationary company, you can sort of control a lot of those overhead costs. And, um, you know, if you have a bad month, it's not that bad, but as you become a bigger business, um, you know, you really have to be hitting like certain marks. And so it is a bit scary to, uh, be like grow that quickly and just think, Oh, can I really do this? Can I continue to be successful and support this? Um, but it's exciting. I'm trying to be like positive about it and have um, <laughs> a more confidence because, you know, a year ago, even that 900 square foot space like was like, oh no, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so, so cool. I, I just like am fascinated with that the whole journey. And then in that same vein, at what point, obviously you have a team now, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and what at what point did you realize you needed to hire help and and what was that process like? Um, you know, it's been hard for me to hire people and delegate tasks. I'm just used to doing everything myself. Yeah. Um, 
and it becomes like a whole new thing to manage people and direct people um, as opposed to just doing the work yourself every day. Um, it's been, you know, it's been kind of hard to do that because you need to um, have, like the biggest thing with businesses is, is you just need to have access to capital mm-hmm. and because you need some runway to be able to invest in employees so that you can build up the business and then make enough money to support it. And so at the start of this year, I was able to get a small loan and really that's what's been help, able to help us grow so so much in the last year um, is I had a little bit of runway to be like, okay, I can invest in hiring people full-time employees mm-hmm. and um, seeing where that gets me. And so far it's been working. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to do, to like, let, let go of control and start playing, like take a step back and start delegating more of the tasks and like really learning that your time is really valuable. Like it's hard for me to really, um, think of my own time as more valuable in a sense. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still sometimes like stuffing cards myself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all hands on deck and and be like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. I have people that can help me with this now so that I can focus on things that will, uh, are like more have more value in terms of bringing in more money to help us grow. Like as the visionary of the company leading it in an, and I'm sure that like also just the fact that it did grow so quickly, it probably takes a while for your brain to catch up and be like, oh, I'm now like the leader of this business as opposed to a card maker, you know? Right. Like, yeah, I'm like a real business now with employees. Like I have to have (laughs) a handbook and, uh, you know, rules. (laughs) I'm sure that's just so wild. And And like policies and, you know, just things that you haven't really had to think about before. And so just like learning how to be that person? How did you seek mentors? Did you have coaches? Did you just learn as you went trial and error? How, what was that like? Um, or is yeah. that like, cause it's still continuing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've ha- I have had, I've been lucky enough to meet like other business friends along the way. Some people who are also in greeting cards and some people who are Um, even my like retailers, right? So I'm friends now with a lot of people who own stores or um, we sell to a couple of coffee shops and I'm friends with like the owners of the coffee shops. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're going through a lot of challenges, the same challenges. So it helps to be able to talk to them and say like, hey, what do you do about this? How do you hire for this? Um, And so that's been really helpful to me. Um, DC at the time I started also had this program called the SCORE mentorship program. So it used, okay. it, it is, and I think maybe other cities might have it too, um, but, or something similar, but it's re- people, um, business owners who are retired, who donate their time to sort of um, helping out young entrepreneurs. Cool. I no, I haven't heard of that. That's really neat. Yes. I, at least I know it's in DC. So if you're in the DC area, look up the SCORE mentorship mentorship program. Such a great reference. I appreciate that. And and I guess my my, my biggest issue, and of course I'm now like I'm just about to make my first hire. I'm I'm still still at that new stage that it's finding how to balance 
everything that you want to do, whether it's across marketing, social media, um, more designing more cards, like how do you decide how to time block your time or what direction to spend your time on? What has that kind of path been for you? Oh God. Um, I wish I could say I'm like very purposeful and organized, but I'm not. It's just honestly, like, it's good to hear though. <laughs> it's helpful to remember. Not everyone's perfect. Um, it's really for a while, it, it has just been like plugging holes in a ship, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like you just do whatever is like requiring your attention that day. Um, and you know, it's only now that I've been able to sort of hire out a little bit more that I can try to get ahead of things a bit and have um, a goal, goals in mind and plan ahead. Um, you know, it's that's really important to be able to do, I think, in your business is to sort of set goals so you can measure success. And otherwise, for me, for a long time, it hasn't really felt like I'm doing good enough because everything's like always falling apart around me. And it's like, oh, we didn't get out the new release in time and we didn't do this, you know? In terms of balancing your time, it's really hard to do. Um, You just do what you can and whatever requires your attention the most at that point and realize that you're a human being. You can't work 24 hours a day. Um, you have to take personal time off. You have to um, just rest and recharge and um, kind of accept that you're doing the best you can with the resources you have. And not everything is going to be perfect or get done on time, but you just got to like keep moving forward. Such a great takeaway. I know that so many people needed to hear that (laughs) because there's always like 10 million things you could be doing, but it's like, what's realistic? what will move the needle. I would also say like, it's important. It's something I need to learn to do, but it's important to balance your time in terms of what, what is the most like effective thing for the business right now. There's probably like two or three things that are like the most vital to your business um, that only you can maybe do, whether it's like the creative or um, ads or, you know, business development So I think it's always important to try to focus on that and then try to outsource as much of the other tasks that can be done by somebody as you can. I love that. That, Yeah, that's another, like a great takeaway that you focus on the things that will move the needle for you and what you specifically can be doing and only you can be doing. Because if other people can do it, if you have the means to outsource, that's definitely a way to grow. And, And speaking of, like if you could pick like one or two things that you feel like have really moved the needle to kind of be the catalyst for this growth? Would you say it's trade shows or ads or just, you know, keeping at it? Like, what would you say have been the biggest needle movers for you? Um, You know, I think it's a bit of a lot of those. And I think that what helps all those things move, honestly, is just having access to capital. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, as it's been really difficult to do, I started this company with $60 <laughs> and I've pretty much bootstrapped it the whole way. And I'm very critical of myself at times because I'm like, oh, I could be doing so much more and I'm not as successful as this other company and like whatnot. But I've really realized that it takes money to make money. 
Mm-hmm. And when you don't have access to just somebody like giving you a big loan for a while, you're really like grinding and it's a slow progress. Um, and, but, you know, I think that that's a big um, factor is just capital. And um, the other one would be just the, you know, creative, like having a good idea, having a good product that is, you can set apart from everybody else. Um, and then also I would say, being able to build relationships with like biz that's what business is a lot of times is building relationships with your customers, mm-hmm. whether it be your retailers or um, like your whole wholesale accounts or just your direct customers and reaching out to them through social media and whatnot. And for the people that are listening that are they're looking at what you've built in such a short time and they're seeing it as like 500 steps ahead from where they are. For someone who's just like looking to reach out to those first stockists or just putting themselves out there for the first time, what advice do you have for them? Um, you know, just, just go for it. Like, don't be scared. What's the worst that's going to happen? People are going to say, no, they don't like it. Um, somebody else will. Um, and if it's not working, then you can just, then, then you will know, and then you can go back and revise and rethink what you're doing. Um, but yeah, just don't be afraid to put, create something and put it out there. Amazing. Such a good message. And just because I'm interested, you have, you're growing right now. And, and just what are some of your upcoming goals that you're reaching towards? Or it's something that you're excited about that's coming up in your business. Um, well, moving into this new space is very exciting. <laughs> that is so um, exciting. Right now we're on a second floor, um, a, like office space. And so I've been having to like me and my team, we lug up boxes of wax and candles, like candle jars every morning. (laughs) We also, you know, we get like greeting card shipments and we have to lug those up the stairs and we've got like two different storage units. Um, So just having the space to um, streamline everything and be more efficient in one space is really exciting for me. And also just having like, we have like a little kitchen area now. So (laughs) (laughs) the coffee and the ground floor, those are the big, the big 2021s. (laughs) For sure. That's awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation that I know is going to just like really spark a lot of ideas for the listeners. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course.